If you'd like to hear from a real-world client about her more than 70 pounds of weight loss over the past eight months, then this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show is for you. Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you'll hear the real-world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master, their health, productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and world championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today, and without further ado, let's jump right in. What if I told you you could lose weight while still drinking beer and eating chicken tenders and without having to eat your vegetables? You'd probably tell me I was full of it, and rightfully so, except that today, I'm interviewing my amazing client, Emily, a busy attorney who has lost over 70 pounds in the last eight months, all while still enjoying her craft beer and occasional chicken tenders and all without harming a single vegetable in the process. In this conversation, Emily shares how her lack of nutrition knowledge has been a major limiting factor for her throughout her entire life and the simple process of food tracking created an insatiable hunger in her, pun intended, to start learning everything she could about nutrition and fitness. But this journey has been anything but an easy one, with plenty of mental battles to fight, doubt to overcome, weight loss plateaus for us to analyze, and a huge lifestyle transformation to undergo. If you've been thinking about losing weight and or have been reticent to get started because you're afraid of all of the things you think you'll need to eliminate, then you need to listen to this episode. And if you know there's a leaner, healthier, more confident person yearning to break free, then I'm positive you're going to love this interview. And if you're ready to take the next step in your health journey and want to work with me to develop the blueprint to help you get there, then let's chat. Just set up your free nutrition strategy call at bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. Lastly, if you love what you hear on the show, then do me a favor and subscribe. Leave a positive rating and review and share this episode with a friend or a loved one whom you think could benefit. Listen guys, in a noisy and confusing industry, it's conversations like these that absolutely need to be heard. With that said, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Here is the incredible Emily. Emily, welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. How you doing? Uh, fine, fine. How are you? I'm awesome. Emily, um, thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show. I'm really excited to be able to share some of your story and journey with our listeners. Um, as I alluded to in the intro, you're one of my clients and we've been working together for the past eight months or so. And the reason I really wanted to share your journey with our listeners is because well, one is because you've gotten such a great results and I think you have such a great attitude about the process. Um, you've obviously been incredibly consistent about the process. And I think we have tackled this in a few different unique ways, which has been really fun for me as a coach. Um, it's been a great learning experience for both of us. And so, you know, one of the things about weight loss, especially with the amount of information that's out there, 
is I think it's very easy to get confused about which way, which direction to go. And ultimately, in my mind, it's just about getting started with wherever you're ready to get started. And that's kind of what we did. So we'll jump into that stuff. And again, just thank you so much for coming on. So let's, let's jump in and I want you to kind of paint the picture of where you were, um, what you were kind of dealing with when we first started working together. So um, I had just started my sort of journey, I guess I'll call it. You know, I'm 33 now. I was 32 at the time. My entire life have been, you know, overweight to extremely overweight, you know, and I didn't really come to find out. I knew nothing about nutrition, portion control, appropriate uh, macronutrient balance, any of it. Literally just had no idea what I was doing. And I didn't know that I didn't know um, mm -hmm. about it which was, I think, probably the biggest problem because, you know, I feel like there are a lot of people who may know about it and they just, you know, they intake the information, they just decide to do whatever they want to do with it. For me, I didn't have the opportunity to disregard the information because I just didn't know about it. So yeah. it's kind of strange. So I was just kind of starting. I had read this book by a guy named Mike Matthews called cardio sucks that it had been sitting on my kindle uh yeah right it was catchy been sitting on my kindle for i don't know like three four months i was like yeah i'm gonna buy this book and then i never opened it um and i was on a plane uh on a work trip and i had not included any entertainment for myself which was a huge mistake so i was like oh crap i gotta download something so i downloaded like downloaded that book before i was on this flight and that kind of started to give me that knowledge base this mm -hmm. like whoa hold on this seems like a lot more simple than i thought it was because for me nutrition was this like mind-blowingly complex uh concept right there are all these diets there's keto there's paleo there's adkins there's this there's that i don't know anything about that and they all seem trendy and mm -hmm. like they're not going to last so i started to read this kind of basic stuff it's like, I think I can do that. Uh, but the problem was with programs like that and doing it on my own, as you're well aware, I have certain restrictions that normal people do not have. <laughs> I refuse to eat vegetables because I didn't get past uh, three years old ever. Uh, and now that I'm an adult, nobody can make me. I was going back through our notes before our talk here, and I, I have just have so many funny kind of one-liners that you, you've spit out along the way, but one of the sort of asterisks like that I, I have in some of our original notes is I put, quote, refuses to eat veggies and loves to drink craft beers. <laughs> that is very and, true. Uh, you know what? I mean, it's a really valid point, though. So it kind of you had expressed when we were talking that you had some fear around having to eliminate all of these things that you love yeah, um, and having to adopt this entirely different way of eating potentially when, you know, currently for you, you had no concept of nutrition and you're a very smart woman. I mean, you're a lawyer, you're obviously a very articulate, um, knowledgeable woman. So it, it was just a matter of kind of your upbringing up to that point and you had this sort of set way of doing things you have your nutritional preferences and so you would express that that was somewhat fearful for you yeah it was it was a, a huge fear point and i think it stemmed 
from that lack of information that I was telling you about. You know, for me, when you go on a diet, it means eliminating everything good in your life and being miserable (laughs) because that was my experience with everybody around me who was on a diet. It was a terrible experience and eventually they went off of it and uh, I had this mental block on even the word diet. When I first started, I'm not on a diet. I'm just making some changes. It's not a diet. Right. But eventually I got more comfortable with it and, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm on a diet. Like, I thought you said you weren't on a diet. I'm like, don't put me in a box. Okay. Don't do pigeonhole me. <laughs> <laughs> so then you kind of started to go down that road. You started to think, well, maybe this is something that I can do. And, and what was the tipping point that forced you to reach out to me? So um, the thing that I did after I read that book, I actually never finished the book. I only got partway through. But it did give me enough knowledge to go download my fitness pal. Mm. And so I think I was on like 21 or 2300 calories a day, which is apparently just a huge calorie deficit for what I must have been eating at because I I still don't know what I was eating at on a regular basis. Um, So I started adhering to that. And I was actually getting a lot of success, like a lot of success. I dropped like 20 pounds in a month or something Mm -hmm. like that, some crazy number that was just absolutely ridiculous, seemingly doing nothing. What were some of the things that you realized, some of the realizations that you had, like right when you started to log into MyFitnessPal, were there any kind of big ahas? Oh, absolutely. Portions were just something I had never really encountered before. Like, you know, you're just like the portion is whatever I want to eat or what looks appropriate. I had no idea what a portion of pasta was. I got a kitchen scale I started weighing things, knowing how much, which macronutrient was highest in which food, seeing the amount of calories in delicious things versus regular sort of food, which is kind of a ridiculous thing to say. My paralegal actually makes fun of me on the regular with a hint of disdain in her voice because I was mind blown with how like calorie intensive uh, French fries are. I'm like, whoa, you got to be kidding me. Look at that. I can have like six of these and need my But they're a vegetable. (laughs) (laughs) They're fried. They don't count. I'll eat it. Uh, But yeah, it was mind blowing to me. Like potato chips or corn Mm -hmm. chips, how incredibly calorie dense those are uh, and how few of those you can have. So that kind of mental shift you can have, when when I say you can have and meet uh, a specified calorie goal, I mean, you can have anything you want within reason, obviously, or budgetary concerns. But those sorts of things were the biggest, you know, behind the curtain reveal for me. So you were having great success. So what prompted you to start coaching? Even though I was having a whole lot of success on my own, I had the feeling it was just because I had never really tried to diet before, just because I'd always been afraid of it. And I had thought it through and come to my own realization that I didn't know if I could be successful long term without a solid knowledge base of nutrition and fundamentals and you know, how an exercise program plays in. And I knew I needed someone to help me. And I didn't have anybody like that in my life. I needed someone who I could talk to about difficult concepts. I could talk to about struggles that I was having. I knew eventually I was going to hit a plateau and I wasn't going to know how to deal with it. So that's why I started talking to a friend of mine about potentially working with somebody and she gave me your name. Awesome. 
Yeah, well, like I said, it's been nothing but a pleasure working with you over the past eight months. So since we've been working together, what have been some of the biggest needle movers in your mind that we've implemented that have helped you along the way? Probably the amount of protein I was eating and the amount of fiber I was eating. Neither of those were where they needed to be. And honestly, it's still a struggle for me to get the amount of protein. And I love eating protein-based things. It's just that I love eating carbs a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, So those just seem to creep in. And the amount of fiber I was eating as well, which is kind of difficult for me to get enough of because I don't eat vegetables. I flat out refuse as we discussed. (laughs) And a, a lot of fiber comes from certain types of vegetables that I just don't eat. So those have been a struggle. So learning to deal with my own hunger and strategies for satiety have been big learning points. Yeah. I think what to do when you start to hit that plateau, stay positive mentally. I think those have been really big, you know, light bulbs. I I could probably go on for the next 20 minutes. You know, the, the biggest thing is that you've remained consistent and had some level of intrinsic motivation throughout this entire journey. Um, where does that come from? I think from the learning, I'm the type of person that if I can understand why something is working uh, and I can understand the processes behind it, then I can stay logical and consistent. It's, it's no longer, you know, an emotional feeling of progress and more a mental, logical you know, I know if I continue to do the following, I will get progress and I know why it works and I know how it works. So for me, that's been where the consistencies come from. And it's why I've kind of developed this, you know, kind of intense interest in uh, nutrition and uh, athleticism. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, in the last maybe eight months, I never read books, I never listened to podcasts, I didn't watch documentaries about it. Uh, and as you mentioned, I consider myself an intellectual person. I'm an attorney. I, <laughs> I interpret insurance policies for a living and that interests me somehow. So I like to learn. It's just, I just do. I'm weird like that. But this had never been an interest for me. So creating it as an interest, maybe trite, but knowledge is power, right? And it's yeah. power for me. Hey brother, are you struggling to find the energy to function at your best as a businessman, father, and husband? I want you to know you're not alone. And sadly, the conventional wisdom these days around healthy eating and exercise that has saturated the mainstream is flat out wrong. If you wanna find the solution to optimizing your energy and body composition without restrictive dieting, soul-crushing workouts, or adding more to your already stressful and overflowing schedule so that you can finally function like the man you know you can be, then we need to chat. Are you ready to move from exhausted to energized by working smarter, not harder? Go ahead and schedule your free strategy call at www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. I'm looking forward to our conversation and enjoy the rest of the show. You um, mentioned that you thrive off of athleticism. And so how have you implemented your your cardio and your exercise and your strength training along the way how how pivotal do you think that's been for you and kind of maybe talk to our audience about how we've progressed that yeah hugely before i started 
on this diet journey. I had been kickboxing with a personal trainer two to three times a week for about three years. So I enjoy being active, but you get held back on the amount and level of athleticism um, that you can experience when you're almost 300 pounds, which is you know, where I started. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you started at around 300 and where are you now? So people can put that into... Uh, I'm about 208 pounds now. Yeah, so you're uh, almost at 90 pounds or, or so of weight loss, which is absolutely phenomenal. And that's in within a year? Yeah, well within a year, yeah. That's incredible. Probably the last 10 months, really the last eight months is when I started to track it intentionally. I actually put batteries in that scale that I bought years ago. Uh, <laughs> I had to buy special ones and started to use it on a daily basis to uh, track my weight with the mental reminder every day not to obsess uh, because you're going to get weight fluctuations. I understand that. And every weight fluctuation may not reflect uh, that you've gained a pound of fat, especially when you're on a rigorous strength training program like I am right now. Um, hopefully, mm -hmm. some uh, of those fluctuations are due to muscle gain. 100%. So I was kickboxing three days a week, but I wasn't experiencing any kind of weight loss at all. And there was some uh, limited portion of strength training with that program. So we do probably 40 minutes of kickboxing and then 20 minutes of some strength training there. But I wasn't losing any weight. I, you know, I had gained some muscle, but, you know, not, uh, not a lot, I would think. Well, you, I guess you couldn't really tell because I was about 300 pounds. So right. you really couldn't see it. So when I started working with you, I kept my cardio, recently went down to two days a week with the kickboxing. And we increased the strength training. Now we're up to four days a week with a periodized program, as I have learned what that meant recently. <laughs> and that's been good. And one thing that I wanted to talk about with you is the gym intimidation that I have. Yeah going to a gym by myself. If you, you obviously remember when we started, I really just wanted to use my little apartment complex gym. You know, I, I didn't want to be in a big intimidating gym environment. And I had been working out with a trainer for three years. So it's kind of one of those, why was it so intimidating? And I can probably talk for a long time about why I think it was, but Regardless, I realized quickly that I needed more equipment than was available in the little, you know, apartment gym. Uh, so I got a gym membership and I convinced somebody to go with me. Uh, and we've been going ever since. Uh, and we added in a one day a week and that was a huge win for me. One extra day of working out a week that wasn't with my trainer, which I thought having the trainer was really important because it would force me to be somewhere because I hate to disappoint people. So if, if we made an appointment, I was going to be there because that's just, you know, I have a neurosis about it. We're going to meet, I'm going to be there. So I, I, I wouldn't be able to stand them up. I wouldn't be able to cancel it. No, I got to go. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling that day. I have to be there. There's no way for you to back out. But when it's just you going to the gym by yourself, uh, you know, I can talk myself out of that any day of the week. I'm very persuasive. So I first started going and once you get into the program and once you start feeling comfortable with the exercises and the environment, it just becomes a lot easier to go. So now, incredibly, I'm up to like six days a week uh, in various gyms and I have, you know, two little gym barcode tags on my keychain, yeah. which is ridiculous. And I genuinely enjoy going and I start to get anxiety when 
I haven't been able to make that happen or if I take too much time off. Yeah, that's amazing. And so much of what you're talking about just lends itself to how you've evolved as a person over the the course of the past eight months to a year and all the changes that you made. And it's, you know, it's inherent that those things have to happen is you, you have to, not only do you physically change, but you mentally and emotionally, psychologically change as a person. So with that said is how has that impacted your life and your relationships at this point relative to how it was, you know, eight months ago? What are some of the things that have improved significantly? What are the things that you struggle with? It's been kind of fascinating how people have reacted to my, I guess, weight loss journey, I'll call it, though it sounds pretentious. Some people in my life have seen the changes in me and have become motivated and, and they want to do something similar, which I think is great. My boss keeps telling me, you know, oh, I'm down 11 pounds. Look, look, look at this new thing I learned. And I haven't been pushing him to do it at all. He just sees what's happening with me and he wants to make a change. I've visited some friends in Orlando recently and a couple of them have expressed that not exactly in these terms, but we see what you've done. And now we think that, you know, maybe there's room for us to make that change too. And that's been fantastic. It's awesome. But on the other end of the spectrum, it's been kind of difficult for me mentally realizing that my revelations with nutrition are things that some people have known their entire lives. And I'm not telling them new things when I'm learning, you know, oh my God, French fries are not great for you. <laughs> what? Who knew? And then having that received where I think it's a revelation and, you know, they kind of act uh, almost disdainful about the information. I think that may be uh, an experience, their own internal defensiveness coming out about it, which is okay. They can feel however they feel and I have no control over that. But when you're in the middle of an interaction and you get that kind of stop dead in your tracks, you're not expecting someone to give you a negative reaction to the thing you're saying can be a little bit difficult to overcome and deal with, especially mentally. It has certain relationships have been more difficult actually with the nutrition um, kind of headspace that I'm in. Uh, when we first started working together, I said, I don't want to stop going out and having fun with right. friends, but I have really cut that back because my priorities have changed. I can still go out with friends if I want to, and I still do. But now for me, the priority is not finding someone to make plans with so we can, you know, go out and get dinner and have a few drinks. Now the priority is, e do I really want to go, you know, to whatever restaurant with these guys, or do I want to get my gym time in? And more often than not, it's, I want to get my gym time in. Not that I'm clamoring, you know, just fending off invites one after the other. Oh, geez, so many people <laughs> want to spend time with me. And strangely enough, combating ignorance, uh, I, I don't know if I told you this one, but my mom has been particularly hilarious because as a reminder, I started at around 300 pounds. So, you know, here I am like, this is great. Like I'm telling my mom on the chat, like, yeah, mom, I'm, I'm down to like, it was like 212 pounds at the time. It's like, I'm down to 212. Can you believe that? She's like, I don't know about that. But then, <laughs> well, you're losing too much weight. I mean, it can't be healthy. And I'm like, what, mom, what are you talking about? We have a 
like a family history of heart disease on both sides, you should be very excited for me right now. I'm not going to die in 10 years. Probably, hopefully, fingers crossed. Well, <laughs> and she's like, oh no, I'm so, I'm so concerned that you're losing this weight. You know, people have a lot of ingrained issues around food and emotional issues around food and upbringing and it's just how it is. And so sometimes you do feel like you're on a deserted island with your nutrition habits and the way that you're doing things relative to other people. And a lot of people like to, whether it's conscious or unconscious, is, is rationalize their own food issues, their own gluttony, if you will, their own food preferences by ultimately sabotaging others. And again, it's, I'd like to believe more often than not, it's just a subconscious thing, but it happens a lot. And that's why part of, I think, your success and if, if for anyone listening, in order to be successful, your social support system is crucial to your success. So your significant other, if, if you have a partner, your, the friends that you hang out with, um, your family, because if you're constantly sabotaged or put in a position to sabotage, you can't white knuckle your way through that every single day, every single weekend. Um, there's going to be a tipping point. And that's why it's, it's not about motivation. It's not about willpower um, or discipline per se. It's about consistency, putting in those habits and Setting having that. up for success, I yeah. think, which is interesting. You know, you mentioned that quite relevant. One of my friends from Orlando, I was talking to her and she is unwittingly constantly sabotaged by her husband. You know, they both have some weight to lose um, that they want to lose, but he doesn't really care. And she, you know, has been on this years long journey to try to lose the weight. So she's just absolutely constantly sabotaged by him. And I've learned that for me, you know, doing my meal prep on the weekends, making sure I have the food available to eat so that I don't, I'm not in the position to make bad choices, which, you know, if, if, if there's a delicious food around, I'll probably eat it eventually. So I don't bring that stuff into my, you know, universe. Sometimes you can't control it. Like with my friend, her husband, you know, puts that right in front of her, mm -hmm. you know, make something delicious or let's go out on the boat and, you know, have 20 beers. And right. On the last podcast interview that was released, I talked with my friend Justin about some of the negative repercussions of constantly tracking your food and sort of getting into that vicious cycle and, and psychologically how it can be an issue and how it's, you know, and we've talked about this too, how it kind of be a slippery slope in terms of for you as an example is, you know, it might be easy for you to be looking at your numbers and get invited out by a friend. And as much as you'd like to go out and have a good time, you know, you only have a certain amount of calories left, in which case you might opt to say, ah, you know what, I think I'm going to stay in. I think it's under certain situations, that's fine. Under other situations that could be viewed as, as an issue. So how do you kind of deal with that position that you're in right now? as your life has changed, as your social relationships have changed, as your relationship with food and alcohol has changed, and, and kind of where do you envision taking that as we move forward with respect to, to the calories and the food tracking and, and so on? You know, eventually I hope to be in a position to not track every single thing that goes into my mouth over the course of a day. You know, I see that far off in the future, but I can see, you know, for, for example, last night, I was making myself dinner and I, I put together several things I was going to eat. And I knew roughly about 
how much of the remainder of my calories that would take up. And I knew, okay, you're going to be in the position that if you're still hungry a little bit later tonight, you can probably have, you know, X, Y, or Z after that. And sure enough, I ate it and I logged it all into my app and I'm like, okay, great. You've got 200 calories left. You're, you know, you're set for a snack if you want something later. Um, incidentally, I did not, but it's the difference of, when I first started, I would really need to log all that food in immediately before I consumed it to see where it would fit within my calorie mm -hmm. goal and then make a decision about, okay, do I want to take this item out or take that item out? And now I can kind of eyeball it and be like, okay, it's around 500 calories altogether, 600 calories altogether, I'm good. So I think that is certainly helpful. And I've forgotten the rest of your question. No, I, that's... That makes sense. And one of the things that we are talking about now with respect to the tracking, because it's been pivotal for you, because again, you can't make a hard line around this type of stuff is for some people, it's going to be beneficial for other people. It may not be beneficial. And I think it depends on your age and where you are in life and your motivation. And you've had some, you know, clear cut motivation um, or why you, you want to accomplish your goals throughout this period of time. Whereas other people are simply doing it for superficial reasons to gain attention because they have a poor relationship with their body and so on and so forth. And so for you, I think you're in a very different position. And that's why it's important to put these things into context. It's, it's just not appropriate to say that all food logging is bad. For you, it's been an absolutely pivotal tool to help you create more awareness around what you're eating and whether it's actually helping move you closer towards your goals or not. And when you go through periods of stagnation, then we can objectively assess. Emily, and we can say, okay, well, what's going on with weight? Okay, weight may be plateaued. What's going on with circumference measurements? Well, looks like you're still losing body fat despite the weight changes because of your strength training, because we've been more aggressive with strength training. Or circumstantially, you've been traveling more. Or do we really need to manipulate the calories? And so we have this objective and subjective data to be able to determine what the next step forward should be. And then just to you know, plug it in and see how you respond. And so part of the process now is you've learned so much. Now it's like learning more intuitively what is working for you, how you feel with the meals that you're eating. I can give you a protein goal and say, yeah, in the research shows that we should be getting at least this much protein, but you're different than me. You're going to respond differently. Your training stimulus is different. Your training age is different. Your physical activity levels, your stress levels are very different, your sleep habits and so on to the degree that you need to decide how you're feeling with these things. There's no really right or wrong way as long as you're still making progress. And so that's at the point where we, you know, where we're at now, which is saying one of the problems with, in, in my opinion, with the logging is what you've previously done and what most people do is if they have 2,000 calories and they finish dinner with 1,800, then they say, yes, I get to have 200 calories of essentially whatever I want, depending on, you know, the quote unquote macros. And part of this journey is understanding and tapping in intrinsically and saying, am I actually still hungry? Do I psychologically, hell yeah, I want to eat some chips and cereal, right? But physiologically, is it something that I even need that I want right now? Or am I good? 
to go. And I think that's invariably part of the process of tracking is helping you understand then to the point where now you have such a good grasp of how your meals are building out. I bet that you could stop the tracking and that will be something that we address in the future to the degree that you'll still end up intuitively putting together the appropriate size meals. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I, a tendency towards a little bit of an obsessive personality. When I said I like to learn, I like to learn everything. I want to yeah. go and know it all. So I can focus down on details that really don't need to be focusing on that can be detrimental. Obviously, you're well aware I've been in a, a sort of plateau for the last month where I really wasn't losing any weight at all, even eating at a, a fairly significant calorie deficit for my activity level and my general size, wasn't losing anything. So it's one of those, you mentioned mindset at the beginning of our talk. It, it's been crucial to me to make sure I am checking my own worst tendencies to focus on the negative, to get down into the details of, okay, you know, the scale hasn't moved that point one in three days. What's going on? Is it time to panic now? No, it's not time to panic. It's time to act rationally, be consistent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't go crazy. It's, it's not a big deal. This isn't something that you need to do by tomorrow. It's a lifetime goal. So uh, for me, making sure I have the appropriate you know, I, I'm almost disdainful of the concept of mindfulness about my approach to the process, my approach to eating, making sure I'm seeing foods as neither positive nor negative, which has been a difficult habit to break to say yes. good foods and bad foods and you know, this is good for you and bad for you. Making sure I see things through a neutral lens of how they benefit my goals or, you know, how they may not benefit my goals. While at the same time, making sure to go back to that question, I forgot that you'd asked me to not cut out all my social activities just because I really want to reach my goal right now. And I want to do everything I can to push forward that goal. If I go out with friends and it's uh, set me back progress for a week, and now it's going to be another week for me to reach my ultimate complete goal, which I don't know that will ever be an ultimate complete goal because it's a lifetime process. Okay, great. I had fun. I think mm. it's intrinsically worth it to do that sort of thing. Sometimes you just need to go have fun. You can't be serious all the time. Hey guys, real quickly, I want to talk to you about my nutrition company, BSL Nutrition, and our all-in-one training drink called Complete Essentials. This is a comprehensive exercise formula that I personally created after experiencing years of frustration, working with hundreds of individuals and athletes that were not getting the nutrition that they needed before, during, and after their workouts. After using numerous workout powders that were low quality, overpriced, chock full of caffeine and artificial sweeteners, and were flat out useless, I said enough is enough and figured out how to create a nutritionally dense, comprehensive and high quality product with ingredients that you can feel good about taking and giving to your family. When you use Complete Essentials, you'll no longer need pre, during and post workout supplements. You'll save time, money and energy and get all of the beneficial nutrients you need in one delicious, easy to mix drink. It's just the ingredients that you need to give you great natural energy, improve your recovery and reduce your muscle soreness with no caffeine or artificial sweeteners. 
You can learn more about our complete essentials at bslnutritionshop.com and check out the show notes below for a nice little discount on your first purchase as my way of saying thank you for listening. That's it. Let's head back to the show. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about you is is that you are an analytical person. And so I can explain and you understand the intricacies of the dieting process and the statistics that show, you know, that it it's almost as if you lose too much weight too quickly, your likelihood of gaining it back is significantly higher to the degree that we've purposely kind of in a way slowed things down along the way because you were getting such good weight loss progress by fluctuating your calories by you know, 500 calories at a time. And, and there's some certainly some good research that shows these types of dieting fluctuations. But just so people understand, because I want to make it very clear that this has in no way been a linear process. And as, as Emily alluded to, for the past month or so, there's been a bit of stagnation until finally the scale started to dip again. But there were periods where you know, we would jump between 1,500 and 2,000 calories, depending on schedule, and to essentially just to slow things down to ensure that her metabolism is appropriately adjusting to the body changes as she goes, so that there's no level of of compensation going on, and so that it can effectively adapt to what's happening in the body and. And you've been just great about just being very cognizant and and even keeled and patient with the process, just understanding like this is this is not quick. This has been a lifetime of weight gain, you know, so much so that it's gonna need to come off nice and slow and steady if you want to keep it that way. And so far, so good. You've been doing absolutely amazing and it's been uh, just such an honor to to work with you and learn from you as we go. It's been so much fun. I just appreciate your attitude so much about this process because there have been plenty of people that you know I've worked with that don't get results right away, and we know it's coming, but they're too impatient or or see you know shiny object syndrome and go on to the next thing. And then I talk to them a year or two later, and they're in the exact same position. Um, and I think everyone has to experience their own ups and downs and and learn from their failures. But nonetheless, um, it's been great. So with that said, I think we'll wrap it up here. Is there anything else that you want to share that you think is important for our listeners to take with them? You know, I think we covered pretty much everything, but I guess I just want to reiterate mindset, which I didn't realize at the start of this whole thing was so important. I've just slowly gotten there over, you know, the last... I guess, eight to 10 months when I really started to actually try to do this. And for me, gaining knowledge has helped me with the mindset to, to formulate a, a rational mindset about, you know, my process and my progress and uh, staying consistent and staying positive with it. And positivity is not a natural state of being for me. I uh, am in general a uh, sarcastic glass half full type of person. Uh, because I think it's more fun that way. Mm-hmm. But it's been very important to me to make sure that I'm not too hard on myself and that I'm not too unreasonable in my expectations. And I just make sure that I remember that this isn't something that needs to happen overnight. Uh, I don't need to lose 100 pounds by tomorrow. 
If it happens next year, great. If it happens two years, okay, that's fine too. No big deal. Uh, you know, if I'm not losing weight for a month, it's not catastrophic. It's going to happen. It's a plateau. And I'm going to be able to work through it with the tools that I have now. Mm -hmm. The last thing that I want to share with respect to mindset is when we were talking maybe a couple months back, you expressed to me that you found it interesting that you never identified with the woman that you saw in the mirror when you were 300 pounds. You always envisioned yourself as a much smaller person. And to the degree that when you would look in the mirror, you almost didn't even recognize who that person was because you knew who you really were slash wanted to be. Could you just elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. And I think you've kind of explained it pretty well. It's just this weird revelation that I had. I never really took it out and examined it very much before because I didn't want to. You know, when I was almost 300 pounds, you walk past a mirrored window because you avoid actual mirrors. Uh, you walk past a mirrored window and you're, who's that? Oh, it's me. You know, you'd see a photograph of yourself that somebody took that's not me. Who is that in the photograph? At least for me, I don't know that other people feel this way. And now that I'm, I've lost a little bit over 70 pounds since I've started tracking, the person who I look at is starting to reflect who I always saw in my mind whenever I would have a mental image of myself. You know, mm -hmm. so weird. You go to buy clothes and you know objectively what size you are, and you expect them to look a certain way and you hold it up and you're like, there's no way this is going to fit me. And it's actually your size. You're like, okay, that's, I, I'm actually, you know, two, three X type clothing. Who knew? Yeah. Apparently I didn't. Um, and now I kind of do the reverse. You know, I hold up a size large in women's, which I could have never fit into probably since grade school. And I'm like, this is my size now. I can't even conceptualize that. But yeah, it's been a, a weird mental journey for me in that regard. But I think that's been the absolutely crucial element to acknowledge is that for the entirety of this program, for the entirety of, of you know, this mission of yours, um, this lifestyle change of yours is you've had a very clear vision of who this person is. And all it is, is just working back to this certain point of how you look, how you feel, how you dress, how you act you are that person already. You, you know, you are that person. It just wasn't being reflected with your nutrition and lifestyle habits. And now you're just working backwards to get back to where you know you are. And I think that's absolutely crucial for people to identify with is if you don't know where you want to go, how are you going to get there? So if, if you're listening and you have a goal to lose weight, then ultimately you need to identify with who that person is that you are becoming. What do you look like? What do you feel like? How do you dress? How do you act? How has your life changed? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Because all of those things will come to fruition and need to come to fruition in order for you to become that person is what I'm saying. So uh, with that said, I think perfect timing to wrap it up. Emily, you're amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to share this with our listeners. I feel super grateful to have the opportunity to work with you and I'm looking forward to continuing, continuing on. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Also keep the compliments coming. I need my ego to be <laughs> elevated a little bit more. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. 
And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.